Hello, and welcome to the In the Word podcast. This is the podcast that will help you to understand God's Word, build a stronger relationship with God, and develop habits that will help you love God and others better. And now, here's your host, Trevor Pope. Hey, what's going on, family? I hope all of you guys are doing well out there. Thank you for joining the podcast once again. Listen, the last time we hopped on the podcast, I talked a little bit about watch out for deception in the church. And since then, um, you know, if you've been following, you know, some things that have been happening in the church world or maybe in the gospel music world, you know, um, you know, in the the Christian rap world or, or, you know, wherever, you know, people are either preaching or ministering through song, whether that's rhyming or singing, you know, you'll see that a lot has happened even since the last time I did the podcast episode. And, you know, I talked about, you know, being very careful with deception, you know, being very careful with who you listen to, And what's most important is as we're listening to these individuals, whether it's through music, whether it's through preaching, teaching, just like you guys are listening to me right now, we always want to make sure that we are confirming what's being said to us by the scriptures. That is one way to, you know, uh, defend ourselves from deception. That's one way to keep ourselves from deception, because if we can go back in the word and find what they're saying, then we know and and make sure that they're they're not taking out of context what they're saying. Then we know, yes, we can trust this person. We can trust what they're saying. But if we go back in the scriptures and we find out that they are either taking it out of context or they're not even saying what the scripture says at all, then boom, you know, there's that red flag and we can make a decision on that. You know, should we keep listening to this person? Was it a one-time thing or, you know, something to keep my eye on, you know, maybe it's your pastor and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you see him just kind of going off on tangents and, you know, making things up or taking scriptures out of context. These are things that we have to pray about and take serious because we've seen over the years and I, and I don't want to dig back into that because I want to talk about something else today, but we've seen over the years in times past where, you know, these leaders, you know, can take it to the ultimate level. We always talk about Jim Jones. We always talk about David Koresh, but even if it's not taken to the level where people lose their lives physically, we've seen many people lose their, their spiritual lives, meaning they, they lose their relationship with God. Something happens to them through this leader and they no longer want anything to do with God, which that should not be the case because it shows us that maybe they were too much focused on this individual and not on God. They were, they weren't building their relationship with God like they should have. So we got to be very careful who we listen to what's being said, especially in these days and times where we're heading to the last days. I know we like to, you know, when you say that people say, Oh, they've been saying that, you know, and like I was sharing with some brothers last night, we were having a men's fellowship and a men's group. Um, I was sharing with them that technically, Thousands of years ago, when they said these are the last days, 
you know, it may not have been the last days, meaning uh, Jesus coming back, but technically it is always, we are always in the last days as human beings because we don't know when we're going to leave here. So we have to take every day like it could possibly, possibly be our last and live according to the scriptures and, you know, lining up with God's word and abiding in him and not causing, you know, ourselves to walk away or allowing the devil to trick us into walking away or being disobedient to God's word. But yeah, we talked about deception among leadership, you know, watching out for deception in the church, but it was something that I wanted to say a little on that, because what I find is, and even with some of the situations I've seen recently where God has exposed some people for things that they were doing and rightfully so, because if God exposes you, then there's a reason, obviously, you know, a lot of times there it's to protect the people that you've been deceiving or taking advantage of, excuse me, but there's also other reasons why God exposes people. And I think sometimes the reason that I want to talk about today, we sometimes miss. And that's why when we see people get exposed, because what you see a lot of times when preachers get exposed, musicians or just a saved brother in Christ or a saved sister in Christ, you have some people that take joy in that. You have some people that say, oh, aha, I tried to tell you they weren't all that. I tried to tell you this and that. And they don't realize that even though they have been exposed, even though we now see their true colors, that there is also a benefit to them for them being exposed. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today, because I wanted to encourage you guys to be very careful of how you handle seeing somebody else exposed or seeing God pull the covers off of somebody or finding out that somebody has been in sin. You have to be very careful, you know, how you address it, how you talk about it, because a lot of these situations that have been happening recently, everybody wants to hop on the internet. Everybody wants to talk about the situation, but in doing so, you better be very careful with your words and how you choose your words. But the scripture that I wanted to share with you guys, and I'm not going to dig heavily into it, but I do want to share it with you guys because I think it can be very encouraging, you know, um, to us as well, especially if we have found ourselves in a situation where God had to expose us or deal with our sins, you know, something that we may have been struggling with or just not listening to God about. Right. Um, So, yeah, I want to share with you guys, um, this is, let me see, I want to make sure I get you guys in the right place. Hold on one second. Let me just pull my Bible up here. Just give me one second, guys. Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to start, let's say in that want to start in that sixth verse. So we're going to be Hebrews chapter 12 and the sixth verse. And make sure you guys, you know, grab your Bible and follow along. Like I said, you don't ever, if you have an opportunity to grab your word or hop on your phone and look at what somebody's saying to you, do that because you always want to make sure what is being said to you is, you know, what is coming out of the scriptures. But Hebrews chapter 12, and I want to start in that verse six. And verse six says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And that word scourge there means to punish. So it says, for whom the Lord love, he chasteneth. In other words, he disciplines. And 
I, I want to park right there for a second because a lot of times when we see the covers pulled off of these different individuals, you know, and we laugh and we get a kick out of it, you know, we're excited for what we see, you know, happening in their in their lives because some of us may have felt, you know, oh, this person, you know, they were a devil. I always knew they were a devil. I always knew something wasn't right about them. But one thing we have to remember you know, just because somebody has gotten off the path or just because somebody is doing something that, you know, that, you know, is outside of the word, you know, we don't know how they started. We don't know how God feels about this individual. So sometimes when he chastised them, you know, when, in other words, when he rebukes them or there's a strong reprimand, right? Um, sometimes that is God's love for that individual, that is God saying, listen, I'm still giving you another opportunity to make this situation right. And that's sometimes the thing that we don't understand about these situations. We only look at how they've been exposed, how now they look foolish, they look silly. But on the other end of things for them, it is a blessing because God says, listen, I could have left you in that state. I could have let you continue to sin and go down that path and never have an opportunity to get it right. But here I am exposing you. And now there are some things that you need to do in order to get yourself back right. And this is why we have to be careful, guys, that, you know, when we see these situations, we don't mock, we don't laugh, you know, because we never know when we can find ourselves in that same exact situation. But let's read on. Verse seven says, and this is talking to those that he has chastised. So like I said, there is some things that these individuals that we see being exposed and all of their business being put out in the street, all of their sins. Listen to what verse seven says. It says, if ye endure chastening, that, that rebuke from the Lord, that strong reprimand. When we look at, when we look at the word, if it means on condition that now there's a condition, if you endure that chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. So God says, listen, there's a condition here. If you can endure the word endure there means to bear without resistance. Don't fight against what's getting ready to happen to you. Don't fight against you being exposed. Don't fight against the embarrassment. Don't try to, you know, go out there and lie and act like it didn't happen. And God says, no, he says, if you endure it, if you endure this chastening, this spanking that I'm going to give you or that I am giving you, he said, I will deal with you as sons. Once again, the word endure means to bear without resistance or to bear with patience. And what do we see a lot of times when people get exposed by God? I'm not talking about these YouTube videos where people, quote unquote, are exposing people and we don't know if these these statements that they're giving us are facts because sometimes they're just taking little clips of videos and stuff like that. But I'm talking about when we know that God had something to do with this, where it is like no denying what's being, you know, exposed. It's like, listen, when God deals with them like that, that's God showing them love through his chastening, through his spanking, through his discipline. And if they are able to endure that, the Bible says that he will deal with them as sons. And guess what? Everybody that we've ever seen exposed or God, you know, ha has has brought to the forefront and showed us not everybody, you know, has kicked against it. There are some that humbled themselves and went through what God said they needed to go through and got back in right standing with God. So that's why we got to be careful, guys. But let's keep on reading. Verse eight says, but if ye be without chastisement, this is to those that he's just letting them just do whatever. If you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not 
sons. So God says, listen, those that belong to me, those that are my children, it says we are all partakers of that chastening. So if you don't find yourself being chastised by God, by the things you're doing, you don't find any conviction. God is not dealing with you. That's a very scary place to be. And that word without chastisement, without means to be beyond chastisement or on the outside of chastisement, you know, and because to be with chastisement is to be in opposition of or against when we see uh, where it says uh, to bear with patience, excuse me, um, that's to be in opposition of or against. So we know that we don't want to find ourselves being in opposition against the chastisement of God or, or finding ourselves on the outside of the chastisement of God, because those that belong to the Lord are all partakers of his chastisement. And if you are not a partaker of his chastisement, then are ye bastards and not sons. And, and that's a very heavy statement. And that's a lot to take in and a lot to swallow, you know, but if you find yourself being dealt with, on, on the different things that you're doing and you know that you're not supposed to be doing, you should take joy in that, but not only take joy, but listen to what God is saying and allow the chastisement to take course, allow yourself to repent and, and ask God for the strength to no longer keep going down that road. Verse nine says, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, our natural parents, which corrected us. And we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? So it says, listen, we had reverence for our natural parents when we were disciplined. You know, reverence means deep respect, love and honor. We gave them that respect. We gave them that love. We gave them that honor. But it says, you know, how much more, you know, should we be in subjection unto the father of spirits? That word subjection means under the authority of. Uh, or control of. So if anybody we should be listening to, you know, when we're being disciplined, the scriptures are saying it should absolutely be by God. If you can do that for your natural parents, then you should absolutely much more do it for the Lord. Verse 10 says, for they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. And, and, and that makes so much sense because if you're a parent like me and, and obviously you've been a child, if you're at my age or, or you have parents at whatever age you are and, you know, you had your own parents that, that disciplined you, how many know it was to their own pleasure. It, it was to what they thought was enough. It's just like with me and my sons, you know, maybe they might do something and I might be like, well, you can't do this for a couple of days or you need to chill out for a couple hours or whatever have you. It's to what I think, you know, or to my own pleasure, to what I feel, okay, that's good enough. You know, they should have learned from that. But look at what it goes on to say, but it says, but he for our profit, meaning the Lord, it says, but he does it for our profit. And it's not saying that, you know, we're, we're not looking out for our children when we do that. But a lot of times it is really according to how satisfied we are with the punishment or the discipline. We don't really know how much it has affected them positively because, you know, there's some children that you might could put on punishment for a week and maybe they get it or, or, or put them on punishment for a month and maybe they don't get it. So, you know, it's just to our own pleasure or to what we think is good enough. But it says, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. And that word holiness there means the quality or state 
of being holy. So it says, listen, God is not just chastising you just to be like, stop that. You know, you, you, you need to quit it. You know, that's wrong. It says, no, it's for us to be partakers, to be a part of his holiness. He does it for our profit, for a deeper profit, for our spiritual profit. It's not about God being satisfied with the discipline that he gave us. Like, oh, I think that's enough for my child. It says, no, this is for you. This is to make sure that you continue to abide in me so that when it's all said and done, when you leave this earth, that you will continue to abide in me, that you will live forever with me. When you look at Leviticus 20 and 26, it says, and ye shall be holy unto me. This is God talking for I, the Lord am holy and have severed you from other people that ye should be mine. So God is all about us abiding in him and being holy, just like he is holy. And how many know when you abide in the Lord, when you put your trust in the Lord, when you when you stand on his word and, and you're in constant communication with, Lord, with the Lord, how many know he will help you to achieve that status? He will help you to to abide in him in a way that, you know, you're being led by the spirit. You have some people that think like, oh, you know, it's impossible you know, um, for me to live a certain type of way or to not do this or not do that. That's that that's not true, because when we abide in him, when we are allowing his spirit to lead us and guide us. There's so many things that in the past we would have done that we will not do now. And that doesn't mean that you won't ever make a mistake again. But listen, God is looking for holiness. You know, that state of being holy that can only be found through him. So that's why that scripture says, but he does it for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. It's not about our holiness. It's about his holiness. And when we are one with him, that's when we are a part of his holiness. And that's why he says in John 15, that he that abideth in me, I shall abide in him. That word abide means to remain, to, 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 to stay in. And that's why the enemy is always trying to get us to do something to walk away or to walk out of the Lord or walk away from Christ. You know, just like we saw in the Garden of Eden, because just like Jesus said in John chapter 10, no one can take you out of my hands. No one can take you out of the Father's hands. The enemy, all he can do is try to tempt you and get you to not no longer trust in God, no longer believe in God, no longer believe that God has your best interest at heart, just like he did with Eve. You know, he got her to believe that, listen, God is hiding something from you. There's something, there's a level that God don't want you to go to. And it's like, no, God has my best interest at heart. If he told me not to eat from that tree, I'm not going to eat from that tree. And that's what God is looking, you know, uh, to us for. But chapter, uh, excuse me, Verse 11, I'm getting a little excited as I always do, but verse 11, and this is going to be the last verse that we read. It says, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, right? So it says, if you are someone, or if you are any of these individuals that we've seen outed recently by the Lord, we're not talking about by, you know, internet exposers and all that. We talking about stuff that have come out and we know that it's facts. And, you know, even the person have admitted it, you know, they, they're apologizing, whatever it says now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. So what they're going through, God exposing them, God spanking them, God disciplining them. It can't be joyous. It's, it's it, you know, it's got to hurt, you know, but 
look at what the scripture goes on to say. It says, listen, at the present time, seemeth to be joyous. It doesn't seem to be joyous, but grievous. That word grievous means causing suffering, hard to bear, severe. Some of them are embarrassed. Some of them might not want to go out of the house. Some of them got people coming at them, not even trying to pray for them and restore them. It's, it feels hard to bear. You know, it's severe. But listen, it's nothing to feel so much sorry for them because this is a position that they put themselves in. But we should be praying for them and, and loving on them. And, you know, those that God have called to to uh, talk to them and deal with them one on one or however you know, for them to be honest with them, because the Bible says that open rebuke is better than secret love, you know, but they're going through and they're hurting and rightfully so, you know, this is what God wants. God wants it to be grievous. You know, he, he want, he wants you to understand that what you did was wrong, but look at, look at what the scripture goes on to say. And let me read it again. Cause I love this scripture. It says now no chastening for the present right now, currently in the middle of it, seeming to be joyous, but grievous nevertheless, however, that's what nevertheless means. However, afterward, it yielded. That word yield there means to produce. It produced the peaceable fruit of righteousness. That word peaceable is free from disturbance or disorder. That's what, that's what we want in the Lord. Amen. It says afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them. That word righteousness means acting in a just upright manner, doing what is right. And we're talking about doing what it is right in the Lord's sight, doing what is right in the Lord. It says afterward, it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them, which are exercised thereby. That word exercise there means trained. And when you look up the word train, it means to instruct or teach in order to bring to a desired condition. When God exposes them like that, when, when he pulls the covers off, it is to chastise them. It is to discipline them. But as they go through that chastisement, when they go through that training, it's to get them to a desired condition condition. And in the midst of that, God is teaching them something. He's showing them something, but they cannot get through that without being humble. They cannot get through that kicking and screaming and trying to prove to people that, oh, no, I didn't really do it. Or no, that's not how it really went. God said, no, humble yourself, relax. Let's deal with this situation so that you can come out on the other side, free from disturbance or disorder so that you can come out on the other side, yielding the peaceable fruit, you know, and that word fruit there means enjoyment. So I just wanted to encourage you guys that when we see these individuals get exposed that they wait, the way that they've been exposed, preachers, musicians, our regular, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, um, what, no matter what their position is in the church or isn't in the church, if they are called a brother of Christ, if they were our believers in Jesus and we see where God deals with them and exposes them, we should be praying for them. They take heed to this chastisement that God is putting on them because it is God showing them love and giving them another opportunity to get things right. And guess what? Their ministry may never be the same. Their church may never be the same. Their music career may never be the same. But what is most important is that they still have an opportunity to be partakers 
of the Lord's holiness. They still have an opportunity to be in the place where God can, you know, where the, where God wanted them to be all along. And that is what is most important. All that other stuff. Yes, it's, it's embarrassing. Y'all don't follow me no more. Y'all don't mess with me no more. Y'all don't listen to my music no more. That's how a person may feel. Y'all don't hardly want to hear my sermons, only but a few people. But at least that individual has gotten it right with God and has an opportunity to get home. I know I kind of was mixing my words on this podcast, but this is something that, you know, I really get excited about. And I got to learn how to really just take my time when I'm talking about these things, because I get really excited, you know, because what I've learned in being saved, you know, now for, for going on 20 years, I learned that there's some things that we're very immature in as Christians, as saved people. You know, some of the things that we find humor in or we think is funny, we don't realize that God is doing something in those situations. And not only is he testing that individual's heart or dealing with this, but he's also dealing with ours. He's also saying, well, let me see how you're going to handle this. Let me see how you're going to address this. Let me see what you're going to have to say about this situation. And that's why we have to be very careful with our words, ladies and gentlemen, that we don't say the wrong thing. He that shows mercy ha- will be shown mercy. So, you know, we, and, and listen, if any of you guys know me, if this is your first time on a podcast and you go back and listen to videos that I've made in no way, shape or form, are we saying that we're going to smile at sin or act like it's not there? Not at all. Sin needs to be called out. Sin is what it's in. I mean, sin is what it is. You know, the Bible says, shall we continue in sin that grace shall abound? God forbid. So we don't believe in acting like the sin isn't there or it didn't happen. But what I am saying is if you're going to talk about it, if you're going to address it, be very weary of your words and make sure what you are saying is what the Lord wants you to say, because you do not want to put yourself in a position to where you find yourself now kicking against what God is doing. But guys, know that I love you and know that I appreciate you guys. Please continue to share the podcast. I appreciate all the downloads. We've been seeing some milestones and I'm thankful for that. Um, never thought we would be where we are in the podcast. Um, you know, all of the, the comments that I get, you know, people being encouraged. I'm glad that you're encouraged. I'm encouraged, you know, because our, our entire goal for us as a family, those that are followers of Christ, our goal is to get home. Our goal is to live eternally with the Lord Jesus. And that's what this is all about. So if I can encourage you in any way, that's what I'm going to do. If you want to continue to be encouraged, keep coming back. You know, if you got any topics that you guys want me to talk about, I'll pray about them, send them to me. I'll pray about them. And if the Lord says go, we'll go in on those and talk about those and Our goal is always to talk about those things so that we can get stronger in the Lord, not for us to call somebody else out or to make ourselves look bigger than somebody else. No, the goal is to continue to build up in our faith, become stronger, continue to remain in the Lord and make it home. Know that I love you guys. And until the next time we hop on the podcast together, Shalom.